Beats and Vibes Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Al and there's Danielle and this guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Vibes Podcast. Tights and Hello, we are Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. And I have just one question for you. No, that's not That's not right. He doesn't ask a question. Forget it. Who wants to walk with Hal and Danielle, motherfuckers? I'm the Hal Lyons, Hal Loveland. <laughs> and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, the Danvasion, Danielle Radford. Yeah, uh-huh. Any anything that reminds people of that amazing storyline, I'm very excited <laughs> for this episode. Yeah, more on that coming up later. Ooh. You know, every wrestling podcast, uh, assuming that there were any others that existed, have to cover this at one point. And this is just our time. We drew, uh-huh. we drew the long or short straw, depending on who you ask. Before we talk about the past, let's talk about the present, shall we? This was a very music filled week of wrestling. Why don't we listen to? Chris Jericho and MJF's musical dinner theater segment. Here's just a taste. Like the wall, paper sticks to the wall. Like the seashore clings to the sea. Like you'll never get rid of your shadow. Chris, you'll never get rid of me. I wish everybody could have seen Hal's face when Jericho started singing. <laughs> I just, Look, we're all doing what we can. <laughs> Look, I'm we're a big all... fan. I was surprised. Look, I'd never heard MJF sing before. I don't maybe Holy some of us shit, have. man! I wow. never had. The guy comes out with perfect tone, just the right amount of vibrato, matches the style perfectly, and Chris Jericho, who has been singing professionally for 20 years plus. Uh, it just, it's uh, having a real good time, Hal. Let's He's talk about the positives. It's having a really good time. Yeah, this is not the <laughs> this is not the voice. This is uh, a it was a wonderful segment. It's my favorite of all time and my current favorite. It together. is my favorite AEW segment. Period. It is my favorite yeah. AEW segment. It's fucking banana balls crazy. Makes zero sense, and nope. yet was the best part of the show in a in a in a dynamite show that, to its credit was filled with really good matches, uh, some decent character stuff. Eddie Kingston on fire with all of his promos. Great match between two luchadors. Mm-hmm. Um, the great tag match. Like, just a lot of great stuff happening. But also, we need to discuss, of course, Lindsay is out this week. She'll be back. Danielle, that means it falls to you. No. To fill in <laughs> on the hottest segment... No. In sports and entertainment and wrestling and podcasting, what happened in the AEW women's division? And I think there's something else we need to talk about around women in AEW. I'm really stuck on that first, that other thing that we need to talk about, about women in AEW. You want to just go, well, let's just say there was one match. Go ahead now. Go ahead. I mean, everyone knows there was one match. 
There right. was a match. There was one match. There was all, of course, mm-hmm. there was one match at AEW. I guys, the the bikini babes and the like. What's with the babes? Like every time they have to do something, all of a sudden the babes show up. They did babes for Bash at the Beach. The Broadway babes I was into because that, in the context of that, that makes sense. They're Broadway babes. Yeah, the Rockettes. You know what I mean? The Rockettes, and it was funny, and they made sense to be there, and they did things with them. Like the the, the dropping them was so it was such classic good work. Like it, it was great. Like what were the point of the babes? How could not tell you. You have so many talented women on that roster, and I, I I'm just I know I'm a broken record. You have so many talented women on that roster. We don't get to see nearly enough of them, and this like backdoor nitro girl thing that you're doing because that's what it fucking is it's backdoor mm-hmm. nitro girling um that sounds dirty um that sounds like a sexual position that a 13 year old would have made up in 1997 yep. um it's it's difficult for me to say this because i don't want it to sound like i'm letting stuff slide in as much as i've given up i've given mm-hmm. up on a lot of the stuff that they do being a, a show that's for me. It's it's not. I thought that it was going to be. And initially, the initial pitch made it sound like it was going to be something I was super going to be into. Uh, it turned out to not be the show for me. And um, they'll, they continue to kind of prove that. But then they'll do things like fucking, uh, uh, what was it, debonair, dinner, debonair, debonair, and then they have me right back because I'm a fucking sucker for ridiculousness. Yeah, I mean, the disappointing part of it, and I understand, sources have told me mm-hmm. that that is a reference to Kenny Omega's time as the cleaner. That's why they had the brooms. You could have just had the brooms dancing around you like Fantasia. You don't need, you, yeah, just fucking, he could have been like Turbo in the first fucking breaking movie and just have him move around with the broom. <laughs> why did they need to be, why did the women need to be? Why did the women need to be, were, were the oh. women the brooms? I'm so confused. The brooms are Boogaloo Shrimp, and then the ladies are Shabadoo. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The ladies are Ozone, and the brooms are Turbo. Yeah, like, that's what right. Are we, uh, I'm good. I'm simply good. Uh, I, I didn't need it, and it wasn't for me. And yes, I get it. He was the cleaner. Great. Thank you. I like when they acknowledge people's pasts, but like, so when, when Britt Baker comes on, because we know she's the dentist. Is it just going to be a bunch of shirtless men with like those fucking uh, uh, red hot chili pepper dick socks, but they're in the shape of teeth? Like, is that what we're doing? Or tongues? Or tongues? Like, is that? Because the penis is the tongue of the crotch. The penis is. <laughs> is that? Can can we get that fact checked, Julian? That the penis is the tongue of the crotch. Yeah, forget- I just checked. It's confirmed. Okay, yeah, forget penis- fact checking it. Can we put that on a T-shirt? Can that be our second piece of merch? <laughs> who does who doesn't want that on a keychain? Uh, I definitely need it on a keychain. I'm gonna give it to my mom. Hey mom, you always you want to know what I'm up to? Uh, here's the merch from my store. Uh, Am I remembering properly that that Jr. did not horn out at the two ladies? I don't remember him horning out, but also um, sometimes when he starts talking and ladies are around, it just sounds like that signal that used to play that meant TV was over at midnight in my head. You mean the Star Spangled Banner? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because after the Star Spangled Banner, there would be the e, like yeah, that, the just that noise. That's what yeah. happens. It's like, oh, JR, ladies, e. <laughs> just, uh, just a big color block test. Uh, let's move on from AEW. Let's move on from it. Let's talk about NXT. 
where Kushida got his biggest win ever over Velveteen Dream and Ciampa. And we learned that Pat McAfee might be the guy behind all these assaults on the Undisputed Era would make sense. And now he's led Lorcan and Birch to their first ever tag titles over Brizongo. First of all, I just, I, I love Kushida. I've, I've, sure. I've been in love with Kushida. I love what they're doing with Kushida. That's a wait and see one for me. I think I'm at a wait and see with that. What did you think about that? I like it too. I like the kind of more of an edge that his character has. Yes. I kind of want to see him. It feels like he's lower mid card now and I'm ready to see him move up. <clears throat> Maybe more into the U.S. title picture, even yes. though that's not done yet. But it feels like that's his next step. I'll tell you what I my, my favorite moment of NXT was after Ember Moon's win, when Dakota Kai came out and kicked her in the head. Not the attack, but afterwards where where they got real close and you could hear what she was saying. If you think you can just use me to put yourself back in the spotlight, think again. What a great like little character piece and perfectly motivates a feud yep. and and uh, the need for there to be a match. Like, it's just such a, again, the simple stuff works. It's a mother sauce. It is a mother sauce. That's right. Don't don't abandon your mother. All sauces come from the mother sauces. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's I, good. It's, it's, it, it is, yeah, it, it is a mother sauce. And plus, I just, I like, I also, I really like that side of Dakota Kai as well. Like that, like, ruthless, you yep. know, um, one thing and Dakota's always been amazing I, I feel like sometimes when you say this it, it makes it sound like the other performer is like you know I, you think they're a piece of shit which is not the case at all but Ember Moon is just such a talent in that ring that is always bringing people up and, and having them like pushing them harder I feel at least like especially in the indies and stuff maybe not so much here because of everything that's happened but um, yeah I really really enjoyed the interplay of them and I, I, it made me really excited to see what they do next Awesome. Let's talk a little bit uh, about WWE, where the New Day has said they're not broken up. Like I said uh, last week, they're like the Wu-Tang Clan. They're always going to be in the Wu-Tang Clan, no matter what individual projects they have. They are a collective now who are on different brands. And wasn't Big E in the audience? Wasn't he in the Thunderdome audience for the New Day's match on Monday? Yeah. So I, I love that little piece of... It feels like continuity. It yeah. can't be just you got broken up, so now you hate each other. Let's let that friendship continue. And how does it manifest when you're on two different brands? I've always been a big fan of the idea of like you guys can still be a like you can even still be a faction and be on two different brands and just not like you know whatever. I I appreciate why they they're, they're kind of keeping that part separate. But yeah, like why wouldn't they still have a podcast? Like why wouldn't Big E be like I'm gonna put my big head in my webcam and watch my boys get down. Like, why wouldn't he do that? It's little touches like that that make a thing feel real and, like, take it out of feeling like it's, um, you know, it, it makes it feel like it's a real world that's been built on a real foundation and not just, like, faulty-ass scaffolding, which is how any wrestling show feels sometimes, especially now in the crazy world where you never know who's going to come to the performance center with COVID and who's not. Um, you don't know who's going to show up with, with the 101 uh, temperature check. So, yeah, it's just always nice when any promotion builds on their history like that and reminds us that, like, this is, like a, this is a deep thing. Um, I, I do want to shout out 
this past week, for some reason, I found myself watching SmackDown in its entirety. There's part of it that I'm going to put over later on in the oh, yeah? in the three count. But I I also want to shout out Daniel Bryan's return to the Thunderdome, and uh, and Brie and Bird Birdie. That's the that's their daughter's name, right? And also their clothing name's name. It's right. very weird. Yeah, uh, they were in the Thunderdome <laughs> in attendance. It's nice to see him there, and it looks like he's gonna he's headed for. At least a match, if not a short-term feud with Seth Rollins, which is nice because we don't need uh, to him to be involved with the Mysterios anymore, even though no doubt that will continue. If you have anything to say about what we've discussed so far, the conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. When we come back, it's time to talk about when WCW finally met WWE and why it wasn't great. That's up next on Tights of Fights. Are you feeling elevated levels of anxiety? Do you quake uncontrollably even thinking about watching cable news? Do you have disturbing nightmares only to realize it's two in the afternoon and you're up? If you've experienced one or more of these symptoms, you may have FNO, news overload. Fortunately, there's treatment. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters helps fight FNO. That's because Troubled Waters stimulates your joy zone. On Troubled Waters, two comedians will battle one another for pop culture supremacy. So join me, Dave Holmes, for two, two, two doses of Troubled Waters a month. The cure for your news overload. Available on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Tights and Fights. I'm Al Loveland and I'm joined today by... Ring-a-ding, Danielle Radford. <laughs> this week we want to end the... Sh- That's not right. The- well, I'm in the wrong area. <laughs> <laughs> this-, this week we're going to give one corner of the wrestling world some extra attention. This is our main event. Sometimes, sometimes that squeal just gets me. Sometimes it just gets me. <laughs> yeah, same. Hard same. Uh, if AEW and WWE ever join forces in some way, shape, or form, we can only hope it doesn't go as badly as the WCW invasion of 2001. It was the clunky conclusion of the Monday Night Wars and the beginning of WWE as a two-show entity. Wait, what does that mean? Because they launched... The original plan was that they're going to have, like... WCW as its own separate entity, but then they decided uh, at the last I minute because the XFL failed and WCW failed that they oh. were going to have no choice but to uh, ah. spin it off into another show that The Rock is going to name, and it's going to be called SmackDown. Your timeline is wrong. Your timeline is wrong. SmackDown started in 1999. Did it really? Yes, it started, and then Thursday Night Thunder was the response to SmackDown. Ah, yes, right. So that's where we, but that's good. I'm glad we talked about that because let's talk about where we were. This is like my reemergence into wrestling fandom happened at WrestleMania 2000. So I took a break from probably 95 or 96 to 2000 from really being aware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. I've since gone back and caught up, obviously, but I was there for the height of of Attitude Era when they were making the most money and drawing the most numbers, 
and the simultaneously the decline of WCW, where their in ring product was terrible. They they couldn't figure out merch. We've we've learned so much. There are so many different episodes about these occurrences and so many docu series about them that it's hard to mostly cover. made by the winners. Yeah, this I think this should not be about what the facts are of it as much as how it affected us as fans. Uh-huh. And I know for me, the height of the invasion, and this is the main problem I had with it. The height of the invasion was that episode of Raw where and that last episode of Nitro where Shane came out and really it felt like the entire purchase of WCW was for the purposes of the Shane McMahon versus Vince McMahon match at uh, WrestleMania X7. They had the WCW guys in the suite watching that match. You couldn't really tell who was who and, uh, you know, Obviously, the biggest problem was Turner paid a ton of money to the biggest stars. They were guaranteed contracts. So those those performers, not all of whom wound up being good guys, but those performers who were the biggest stars, who were the face of WCW. We didn't know about that at the time, though. We didn't know that at the time. We were like, like, Hulkamania is coming back to to WWE. But also at that point. At that point, NWO was cooked. It was done. There was nothing it exciting was done, about so. it. Yeah, and, and we're still at they this did point every a year version. away. They did every version of of NWO that you could. I'm pretty yep. sure, like me and Hal, were in NWO at some point. For sure, we were. Yeah, we're at that point. We're a year away from the NWO even coming to WWE, and at that point, it's uh, like it was so far off the rails. But it, we thought, as fans, or hoped. Not knowing some of this contract situation and thinking maybe WWE buys out some of those contracts, that we would finally get Sting versus Undertaker, both of them in their primes. NWO versus DX. That's the only purpose for doing it. That's the promise of it. Exactly. That's that's the the hope. I mean, the the value from a business standpoint, it makes sense to buy them. Really, what they got were, were the archives. And that is the most valuable thing. There's nothing yeah. like they got their ring. I think they got some of their rings. They got some of their set. Like that's all garbage. You can you can part that out and sell it. And the the talent who was there, who was under contract, they had to look at and figure out who to keep, who to cut. And they already had a fully stacked roster. So yeah, th- it would have been like they, if they, if something when Sega was going downhill, and it was. Um, mm-hmm. There was rumors that it was going to get bought by Nintendo, and they were like, "Yeah, we're buying Sega. It's really exciting." Oh no, not Sonic though! <laughs> you guys aren't you ain't got, you guys aren't getting Sonic. Um, we'll give yeah, you. Yeah, it's a shame that Sonic and Knuckles were able to just collect money from Sega because of that faulty contract <laughs> until it was over, right? Oh, uh, just hanging out. But you know, yeah, they they need they really the knees were becoming a problem. So that was good, but. <laughs> Yeah, so so that wound up being a lot of the case in that in that instance, and so for all of us, the excitement of it was that we were going to get to see these dream matches, and um, and it wound up just not. Yeah, I, we got pieces of of the invasion before the July pay per view of that year, which was called Invasion and had the cross promotional matches. One was a stalker who uh, was pursuing the Undertaker's wife, Sarah. Who turned out to be DDP? Dallas, Dallas Page. DDP is a stalker. DDP is a stalker. DDP is a sicko. Has been stalking the Undertaker's wife. 
Then uh, Buff Bagwell, Hugh Morris, Lance Storm, Jindrak, and Palumbo were the tag champs. So they had a crossover match. They unified a lot of titles pretty quickly, basically to get them off of the WCW talent. Uh, But the the biggest name showed up at the Invasion pay-per-view and attacked Stone Cold Steve Austin with a scissor kick, and that was Booker T. Now, of of the people who who came over in that initial deal – it's hard to argue. You couldn't ar- I, you, you could easily argue that the person who did the best was Booker T. Yeah. Like, no question. Yeah. He He's built an standard. entire second career for himself, but he also was a star who, despite the heights he reached in WCW, obviously they didn't like tap into it. He got to do a lot more. The guy is hilarious. First of all, like having gotten the chance to meet him and, and interview him, like just one of the nicest guys, like so nice, so humble, but also like, really skilled he's very skilled comedically that is performing like that is an innate i don't think you can teach people how to be funny that's an innate ability you have you can teach people to serve things comedically but he has an innate he has an innate comedic ability which is really impressive and and really flourished when he got to wwe the uh the the grocery store brawl against steve austin oh. uh, is a big highlight oh, yeah. you can December honestly like just year. go through so many parts of his career that just would not have worked if it wasn't for his um his ability to just mm-hmm. kind of get what makes an act really sell like the king booker thing even though that came you know years later it's just so emblematic of him putting together the pieces to make such a great career that lasted for so long because of his range yeah yeah, yeah. uh because out of all of those because he definitely i never i've talked about this i was like not a wcw girl mm-hmm. so all the people who were not the main people i didn't know who the fuck these people were i didn't know who right. the fuck booker t was um yes i probably should have i was a child go fuck yourself um i love how i'm saying that who am i saying that to no one in our audience would say that um yeah. <laughs> like who am i yelling at um but it uh yeah it was definitely like he stood out as someone that i thought he was by what he did there i was like oh he must be one of the biggest deals in wcw he must be running everything like that's what i assumed because of how good he was in wwe and the fact that wwe started pushing him so hard in fact i thought all of the people that came over for invasion I was like, oh, well, the, okay, it's not like Hogan, but these all must be like the best WCW has to offer. And I was like, well, shit. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> and I was like, that's why I watch your trash ass show. And it wasn't them. There was a lot of talent, but I was definitely, because they, what, the outsiders had already, like, not the outsiders, the, uh, um, what was the low, the low jacks, the, um, the radicals? The radicals, the, the new radicals. Yeah. You only get you only get what you gives. Um, when they came in, and they were awesome, obviously, and like I didn't know who they were, but I was like, "That's fucking dope." Okay, I get yep. it. And then all these other dudes came in, and I was like, "This is what you guys have been fucking telling me to like go." This is the war. War been won. War been won, babies. Because um, yeah. I didn't know anything. Well, Jericho was already over yes, there at that all point. Of, like, like the, the big, coolest yeah. ones that had like uh, yeah. like any talent, and that we were always wondering, like, okay, what would happen if like if they just got some good writing and were given a chance to succeed? Because guys like Nash and Scott Hall just had like carte blanche, just do whatever they wanted, right? Like they could have they they could just go out there and they could have just yeah. just 
constantly have success. But it was like guys like Eddie and Jericho sure. and, and even even Steve Austin. Uh, he was a WCW guy, and they you know they just they left WCW because they wanted to get a chance to succeed, and they were already over there. There weren't many people that we were kind of wondering what it would be like if they got some of the the good riding that WWF guys were getting at the time. Yeah, they'd already moved over, and so well. Yeah, I mean, look, WCW had a long history. Steve Austin got injured and then was fired while he was injured. And then, uh, like, a lot of guys made a pit stop in ECW that helped create some value and interest. So Austin did that. Mick Foley did that. Um, Jericho also did that. So, you know, well, he had been in ECW and then went to WCW and then went to WWF. That was at a time when they were poaching, like, oh, this guy is being misutilized. Now you've bought the whole company where everybody's been misutilized, but really the entire company's been run poorly for a variety of reasons. Like, I don't don't give a shit whose fault it is. But when Vince bought it, I just feel like they never, they didn't have much of a toy box to work with in terms of recognizable talent that they could use. But this insistence of pushing this invasion storyline anyway just doesn't, like, you could have, you could have pulled off a Hydra within Shield, pulling everything down. Like, yeah, we we bought it. You're everything here, but they needed the invasion storyline for for that match with uh, the the McMahon versus McMahon match to put the final to have Shane get one up on Vince, who had been sort of controlling everything up to that point. Then you bring in ECW, which they had purchased for for a very low amount of money, and bought that archive as well really like the gathering of media is the most significant part of all this and stephanie is the leader of ecw she and vince are the leader of the alliance they tried to to turn the the second hour of raw into wcw where they changed they brought the logo they changed the announce teams and it was it was a disaster they did it once and i remember watching it going I don't want this. I want more of Raw because there are a lot of characters there that I'm intensely interested in. Yeah, it, it essentially became what if, uh, what if, what if the Harlem Globetrotters just bought the Washington Generals and now the Washington Generals are going to invade the Harlem Globetrotters? And it's like, well, I've already seen you teabag all these dudes. Like, why do I need to see them invade? You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now, now the second half of every Globetrotters game is just going to be layup drills from the generals. <laughs> uh, Are you excited? My, my yet? favorite thing that I think just kind of sums this all up was uh, Paul Heyman's comment uh, from his DVD, where he says, uh, "What you had with the invasion was a watered down version of a bad episode of WCW Thunder against the entire WWF." Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, uh, that's, no bones that's about true. it, right? That that now, makes the, a lot of sense. The other biggest star to come out of uh, out of the invasion was RVD and his and his yeah. big debut on WWE. I know he had appeared uh, during the Manhattan Center stuff uh, when they did the ECW invasion earlier in like ninety four, ninety five, maybe. He showed up during that, but the, his match against Jeff Hardy was like a, an introduction to fans who were not familiar with his work, of which I was one. I knew who he was, but I hadn't really watched him before. I was like, this guy is incredible. He's great. And him he stuck I knew around from and ECW, became a mainstay. Because I was a little yeah. dirt kid, and little dirt kids loved ECW. <laughs> <laughs> ECW is nothing but low-budgeted, very low-talented wannabes 
They cannot hold on to someone with the extreme talents of Rob Van Dam. So the main event of of uh, of Invasion was uh, was that that was uh, Austin. Wasn't it like a ten man tag? Yeah, at that the main point, event was the I... inaugural brawl. It was a five on five tag match with t- Team WWF and Team uh, WCW. So it was Booker T, Bubba Ray Dudley. Oh, that's right. Booker T had shown up on Raw and attacked him. It was Booker T, Bubba Ray Dudley, Diamond Dallas Page, Devon Dudley, and Rhino. Three well, of yeah, whom had already had been do... at WWE. Well, because they had to do that thing where it was like, well, we don't, again, we only have the Washington Generals. And so we have to take these dudes who are like, well, I used to play for the Generals before I got before I got moved over to the Globetrotters. So I guess I'm on the generals team now. And it's like, I mean, I guess, man, if there was mm-hmm. suddenly like a war between California and Washington, I guess I go back to Washington. We'd win. We have more oh, guns. Well, maybe we'll find out. Um, team WDF <laughs> was Jericho, Kurt Angle, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and the Undertaker along with Kane. So the brothers of the destruction, the rock notably absent right now because he's filming the Scorpion King, which will come out later to, uh, at which, a younger Hal Lublin will go see in the uh, in the theater and go. That was a movie I saw. <laughs> Fun fact: during this time, I I forget what date The Rock's return was. It was on a Monday Night Raw, but it was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at what was then I think called the First Union Center. And in attendance at that show was a young Hal Lublin. beautiful return it was uh he once he's in the mix then it starts getting crazy of wwe superstars you have more wwe superstars holding wcw titles than you ever see wcw wrestlers yeah austin or the rock wins at SummerSlam, wins the wcw title off of booker t and the look on his face when he wins it is like he has been handed an alien fresh from an autopsy (laughs) Like he's like, what the hell is this thing? What am I even supposed to do with it? What do I do with this? Do um, I hold it? Does it? Do I feed it? But it becomes fodder for a feud between The Rock and Jericho, one of the best feuds of that fall that, that yes. I don't think gets talked about enough and was like so well pulled off by those guys. But the main players in all of this are WWF guys, whether they're in the ECW brand or whether they're they're fighting over the WCW championship. Very few people come out of that. You know, you you got Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler on the women's yeah. side who were not really wrestlers and had yeah. to had to sort of learn. And at that time, it wasn't like women's wrestling was that was that Stacey big a deal. Keebler like Mrs. Hancock or something reductive like that. She was yeah, she was Miss Hancock in uh, you know because hand anyway. Ass, uh, not you. <laughs> I'm just looking I, like just looking over this. You had Billy Kidman who beat X Pac. So you had the Cruiserweight yeah, Championship. You're not really making a lot of stars a light here. Like you're not no. making stars, which is what and an angle like this is a great way to introduce people to new people who are dope. 
um, if you're going to do it that way. Like it's a, it's a great way to um, get to show off and give some people more time. And Billy Kidman wanted to climb him like a tree. It's <laughs> a good looking guy. Uh, all of this sort of culminates, really the culmination in the end. So it starts right before like the end of February 2001. It ends in November of 2001. So nine months later, but really many four months. months later. Too many fucking months. Too many months. months. Too. This is the this is the uh, this is the Survivor Series. <laughs> this is the big match. Team WWF is The Rock, Undertaker, Kane, Jericho, and Big Show versus the WCW ECW team of <laughs> RVD, Booker T, Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon, and Steve Austin. When yeah. they put together the invasion team, they can only have th- they have only two fucking guys who weren't already working for WWE. Yeah. So they yep. can't like there's just no, they can't even land like the plane doesn't even land on the runway. It just sort of drops out of the sky and goes boom boom boom. All right, everybody get off. We're done. We're here. Yeah, it's a real Hudson, a real Hudson bird of an angle. Yeah, exactly. Sully landed had to land the invasion in November of 2001. It was just such a letdown. And and it, that was really like the the they call it the end of the Attitude Era was sort of X seven that WrestleMania was sort of the end of it because of this invasion angle. It would have been interesting to see where it would have gone from there. But by time we get to the end of two thousand one, we have Ric Flair who comes in off of his contract, but to be the partial owner of Raw and not wrestling until he wrestles Vince McMahon in a street fight, I think, at the Royal Rumble that year. Then he becomes an active competitor again, and that that's that's a positive out of this. Then he brings in the NWO, which yeah. Scott Hall and- wasn't in a place where he could really perform. Mm-hmm. Kevin Nash couldn't really perform. Like, you know, the, these are injured guys. It's yeah. not – it's not any, like, what are they going to not take the money that's put in front of them? Then they're going to come in and try and do their best. But then you Especially get that god-awful that, like- Hulk run – they're at the end of their career. What are you going to do? You're going to take the fucking money. You got an opportunity to steal yeah, money course. from a billionaire. You had better steal that money from you're that billionaire. You're going to take it and you're going to use it to buy a house and you're going to like save some money up because you know, you have to know you're at the end of your career at that point. You take the fucking money and run. Yeah. I mean, WrestleMania X8 is a, is a disaster. Little did they know they'd all still be wrestling now whenever the, they those, also need <laughs> that money. The, those marquee matches were a disaster. Outside of Rock Hogan where the crowd really – took it over to the top. They were really mad. They were so mad that he left. They were. They were so upset. They were so mad at The Rock for going and being being uh, uh, successful. Yeah. That was real mad. That, mad that would it. eventually lead to Hollywood, to the Hollywood Rock, which yeah, is later which 2002, is 2003, where he would do his rock concerts. There were like good things that come out of it, but overall, you had, like, the Un-Americans, Lance Storm. It never really worked, even though the guy was a fantastic wrestler. They just, I liked he, the Un-Americans a lot. Yeah, and he was never a personality guy. Like, he's not charismatic in that way. And that's okay. Yeah, we need all kinds but, of different wrestlers, man. That's why we have managers. In that case, he can be the, the silent kind of slaughterer where he does the, like, I'm the, I'm the wrestling guy. I do the wrestling. I make the wrestles. I do wrestles, yeah. Have somebody else talk. Why do you, why would you have him be the mouth, you know, they put I it that, didn't think it was that if, terrible though. It's not like as bad it as it wasn't, could have been. It wasn't, but it was never going to get 
no not I when you had heat, not when you had the big heat that you had back then with yeah people, like where almost everybody on the mic was a slaughterer um, exactly it's and then really, you had them covered it if yeah, i could be serious really for a minute it yeah. just it felt like he wasn't used the best that he could there was a lot more a lot more happened in terms of squander either squander talent or talent that where they were like we're just gonna keep trying now do you like him now do you like him now do you like him and it just didn't like no no, we're not we're not connecting with him. He will have more success elsewhere. Like I wish him well. I don't I don't wish ill on the majority of these people unless they are bad people and I just don't know about it, in which case shame, 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 shame. Shame. But it it really like created this need to like everything I remember about that era that I liked has almost nothing to do with WCW. The the yeah. Steve Austin and Kurt Angle fighting for Vince for Vince's affection. The mini cowboy hat came out of that era. The the first Kurt Angle face turn came during that era, and oh. and Austin turning face to turn heel again. Like that's all just WWE stuff. It, like we're not. I was never With a invested. Big old belt. <laughs> you yeah. just put a, just put a big Southern belt on it. Exactly. You just like there. I didn't become interested in most of the people involved with RVD being an exception until we were past the invasion. And it was no longer about them being WCW. They were just, all right, they're in WWE now. Let's see what they can do. And I, I, very few exceptions. Yeah. I get, I get the thinking on that. Like, okay, well for so long, the fans have put these two things together and we have put these two things against each other. So why not capitalize on that? I get it. Mm -hmm. It's just too many years too late for it to like matter. Well, what's funny is that the reason that Vince felt compelled to uh, hotshot it the way he did is again, because he wanted WCW to be its own television entity. He wanted it to be its own TV show, but that's why he felt like he needed to tie it into the whole uh, McMahon storyline with Shane and Stephanie getting involved. But what I think is funny is that if he had waited one year he probably yes. could have gotten all those people like Nash and Hogan and, and Scott names. Hall yeah. and Ric Flair to all kind of join in on this and actually give it some actual WCW credence. And you could have had those guys like, you know, like those, those less talented or not less talented, but maybe less experienced guys kind of do the wrestling. Even if Nash was actually still too weak to wrestle, you still could have had those guys be like the face of WCW like he ended up making Shane uh, try to try to fit that role, and maybe it would have turned out a little bit better. But uh. yeah, there's a lot that could have been done, but uh, they didn't do it, and it's disappointing and it's sad. But we're not there anymore. None of those they can't hurt you anymore. None of them can hurt you anymore. How? How? Yeah. I had that dream again. Don't worry, they can't hurt you now. You just dreamed Sean Stasiak. He's not actually there. Meets nowhere but- nearby. But what about Billy and Chuck? Mm. They're in the kitchen. Oh, no. <laughs> they live with us now. Sorry. <laughs> and then you hear the, you look so good, good to me. To me. Oh. oh, good Lord. Oh, early to mid 2000s wrestling. Why were you? If you've got any thoughts on what we've discussed, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord via the links in our show notes. We'll be back after this with some things from the wrestling world that you should know about. This is Tyson. 
strange planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Bites. Welcome back to Ties and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. This week we want to end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Danielle, what would you like to put over? Um, I'm just putting over Naomi once again going viral because she's fucking dope, which will mean nothing for her career. On the TikToks, the children, the children are rear viewing, my dudes. Uh, the children on TikTok are putting their butts in the other children's faces and knocking them over without telling them uh, while playing clips of Naomi for all of the people to see and enjoy. And so I am putting over, A, the children of TikTok who know when things are good and share it with the world and they know when things are bad and they try to make those bad things stop. And then B, just also to Naomi for being so dope that she um, has inspired the next generation of butt hitters. Uh, (laughs) There are some pretty great rear views uh if you go on tiktok they're all really fucking funny it's one of those ones where it's like when people were doing the rko it worried me because it's like actually a thing that could actually hurt you but as long as like you've got someone near a bed or something like it's not i'm not too worried about it as long as they know that it's coming um so it's been all fun without nana danielle worrying that someone's gonna break their neck for doing from home what you're one not do home not do from (laughs) (laughs) i can't talk today it's fine Uh, (laughs) I want to put over, as I promised, something from Friday Night Smackdown. In particular, after the main event in which Roman Reigns beat Braun Strowman and then started pummeling him with a chair while talking to Jay Uso, right? Isn't Jay who he's wrestling? See how I remember which twin he's wrestling? I did a very good job. Yeah. Uh, Just the, the entire... Uh, everything Roman says, that whole segment. You play any part of it you want, Julian. It's all fucking gold. I don't want to do this to you. I'm giving you another chance. I don't want to do this to you. Hell in a cell, this is you. If I can do this to him, imagine what I can do to Come this Sunday, Hell in a Cell, it's going to get personal. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either, but I like him. Thought it was Shawn Thanks. Michaels for a second. No, he didn't. <laughs> me ask no for- there. <laughs> <laughs> me going, me going on countdown show. Remember? <laughs> Remember when me and first Helen Cell match? Kane show up. He go, me no like Undertaker, and me go, me no like Undertaker either. Oh, oh. 
Hum num 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 communion wafer num 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 Anyway, everything everything between uh, Jey Uso and Roman Reigns has been solid gold. The matches Fire. have been great. They're both selling it so well. Just I, they could fight forever, as they say. Um, I don't think they will, but they could, and it would be great. I'd be good with and it. If you haven't seen it, it's worth watching. SmackDown was actually a solid show this week. It's weird we don't cover it as much because it happens the day we record. So we're, it's already a week old by the time we talk. We have to talk about last week's SmackDown. And we, look, and, we and look, SmackDown, bruh, we have moved the show too many times for you. We are done. You've heard us mm-hmm. too many times. We have moved the yeah. show three times for SmackDown. Yeah. We're not we doing this it is. again. It's not moving. You move. No, you move. We're like Captain America. We're like Captain America. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Daniel Radford along with me, Hal Lublin, who has two shows coming up. First of all, on the 29th, I think. I don't know which day it is. This is the 28th or 29th of October. The uh, My favorite touring show I've ever done with Welcome to Night Vale, Ghost Stories, will be streaming. You can watch it, get a ticket. Uh, you can find all of this, by the way, on my Twitter. Also, the Thrilling Adventure Hour is doing a Halloween Beyond Belief from all of our collective homes. That is on Saturday, the 31st of October, the spoopiest day of the year at 5 p.m. Pacific time. But you can buy your tickets to that at houseseats.live. Check those out, folks. And I have more show announcements coming soon. You never know. You never know when one is coming. Anyway, follow me at Hal Lublin on all the socials, and that's how you'll know what I'm up to. Danielle, what about you? Um, yeah, man, uh, follow me on the socials, and I'll tell you things. I guess I'm on TV a bunch this month. Uh, I kind of mm-hmm. forgot about it. I did a bunch of things for El Rey, so you can check those out. Uh, I'm starting to get notifications that those episodes are going on. Uh, so if you have El Rey and you want to hear me talk about snack foods or uh, horror movies or more snack foods, um, yeah, go check those out. I got to do those with um, uh, Hector Navarro and Vanessa uh, Gritton, who is now going by Vanessa Guerrero, which is dope. I was just going back to her maiden name. Um, so we got to do those shows and they were really, really fun. So check those out. I will be putting them on my socials. Um, uh, think, oh, uh, uh, and again, a uh, plug for uh, 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 Mike's album, um, Anime Trauma Divorce. Go get that. Um, yep. Go pick up Lindsay's books. book. Uh, mm-hmm. All of her books, uh, all in case you missed it, is out. Um, I believe one of her books had a sale. Go check. Um, we love mm-hmm. you, Lindsay. Lindsay is getting her sinuses all fucked up to get them unfucked up. Uh, That's right. So hopefully uh, right now when this podcast comes out, she is high as a fucking kite and being loved on by all of her cats. We love you, Kelp. Can't wait for you to come back and, and yell with us um, once the clots are cleared. That's right. I am. Why am I talking like this today? What happened? I don't know. I think it's, it's the it's, invasion. It's the invasion. It was the invasion, invasion angle, you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <It broke me. laughs> Our producer, Julian Burrell, reminds you that the real winners of the World Series are the fans who party at home alone. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of those are in our show notes. And if you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all of your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fun members who make this show possible. Woo! Buy our t-shirt. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. That was scary.
Can we talk more about the dinner theater musical? Can we talk? Do you want to talk more about it? I would have saved the invasion for sure. <laughs> a big coordinated dance number when. Oh first... my god! It's the only thing that could have saved the invasion. <laughs> if it, imagine, imagine Shane gets on the Thundertron or whatever the fuck it was called, and while he's on, while he's on the Thundertron at the last episode of Nitro, that's what the Nitro girls were there for. God damn it! Why aren't we in charge of things? He gets on the mic and he's like, the name on the contract does say McMahon, but it doesn't say Vince McMahon. It says Shane McMahon. <laughs> he does like one of those, Lunch. yeah, Shane McMahon. Oh, Once into like a, a Jets versus Sharks uh, West yeah. Side Story dance number to start us out. <laughs> And they tried that, and that was dope, too. <laughs> Do you want to know care. what's playing at Daytona Beach? I'll tell you what's playing at Daytona Beach. A guy who's going to sit on his contract for three years against the guy who's going to show up at Invasion. That's what's playing at Daytona Beach. <laughs> what's happening outside? I'll tell you what's happening outside. A guy who wears face paint that's going to disappear and go to TNA for a while, then disappear, and then come to WWE, but get injured by Seth Rollins on a buckle bomb, and we'll never know what it would have been like if he had registered, wrestled against The Undertaker. That's what's happening outside. <laughs> Oh I love gosh. you so much, Al. Uh, what's happening all over? I'll tell you what's happening all over. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of green wrestlers who couldn't sit out their contracts that showed up and like, screwed everything up because they didn't know how to wrestle yet and then they had to learn how to wrestle and some of them stuck around for a while except for Chuck Palumbo who got caught in that terrible homophobic storyline. That's what's happening all over. <laughs> Vince is the thing that has licked him. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like Sean Stasiak's just another victim. <laughs> MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.